real business owners telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show. I'm here with my man, Michael, over here at Jade Ocean Dry Cleaner. Michael's been uh, a customer of mine for about four years now. Mm -hmm. Give us a little history about uh, Jade Ocean Dry Cleaner. Okay, well basically um, I'm a third generation uh, dry cleaner in this business. Uh, my grandfather started it in uh, New York and then uh, my father you know, took over after him, moved to Florida, opened up a store in 1991 on the Gulf Ocean Mile in Florida. And then I started working for him while I was in high school. Went to college, got my degree, came back down. And I said, you know, I always had a good life growing up. So I figured, you know, it's not a bad thing that he's doing. I want to be able to have that kind of life for myself and my family. So I got into it. We uh, looked for a uh, location. And uh, we found a location uh, down here in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And, um, you know, the rest is history from there. You know, just uh, basically um, did what he taught me to do. And uh, you know the store took off pretty quickly, and we've been here ever since. And that was in uh, that was in October of 2004. So you come location. from a lineage of dry cleaners. That voice we just heard yeah. pop in the background—that was your brother. Yeah, he's uh, you know he can't go on two minutes without having me, you know, show him what to do or something. So. Well, what's funny is on the last podcast we had uh, we had Majestic Car Wash, and Ryan worked with his mom. Uh -huh. And we talked about the mom card and the son card. Yeah, right? you know, I used to work with both my parents and my brother, so I know exactly how that works. You know exactly how he felt. Yep. Right? No problem. Yep. So your your father worked in this business. Yes. And your grandfather started it, so you learned it there. What did you get your degree in? Um, advertising, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's why you love me so much. Yeah, I liked the creative. <laughs> I was always creative, and I always mm -hmm. liked the, the advertising, and I thought maybe I would get into something like that, but... You know, I just got in, kind of like got into this after after college. I graduated, started working for him right away, mm -hmm. and then we uh, came across this location here. It was actually offered to us from the people that were developing this spot here. They came to my dad and said, "Hey, we'd like a dry cleaners here. Are you interested in opening up a store?" And he said, "You want to do it?" And I said, "Let's do it." And that's and the rest is and history. The rest is history from now. Yeah. So you know, talk about that a little bit because you, when I met you, you guys had actually three locations you had the original one on the gulf yes you had another one in um, a little bit north of here in fort lauderdale and now you have the one and you also have the one here in victoria park shops correct but now you're down to just this one in victoria park shops yeah the original right? store in the gulf ocean mile um once we got everything situated here and things started rolling here my dad started working on his retirement so that was always the plan was going to sell stores to, mm -hmm. to kind of get his money for his retirement. Okay. So once he felt we were good here, um, you know, he started selling the stores. Um, he sold the one on Goto Shema pretty quickly after we opened up this one. And this one took off pretty well. So we were busy here all the time. He was actually working here with me most of the time anyways. And then um, uh, we had that other store, which was kind of the store that was in between the two stores. We were using that as a drop store at the time just because it was directly in the middle between the two. Mm -hmm. So it made sense when we can bring clothes back and forth to that location. People listening here aren't going to know the difference between oh, okay. a drop store and a plant. So okay. if you don't know, right, yeah. like it's funny, a drop store is a place where you can go drop off your clothes. Um, they actually then take them somewhere to get laundered, whereas right. a plant is one of the places that can do it on site. You know, what's funny is early in my career, I could actually figure, I figured out how to tell the difference by the front door. 
Yep. Because if the front door is traditionally open, it means it's hot inside, which means that they have equipment running and it, it traditionally gets it hot. Um, but if it's a drop store, the doors will be closed. It'll be nice and air conditioned. Yep, that's a big giveaway. Like if you see the doors are closed in a dry cleaners, typically that means it's a drop store. Um, they got AC in there. Uh, most plants will not have air conditioning. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you'll spend you'll spend all your profit in trying to yeah. air condition your store. That will never get cool. No. Exactly. Which is which is great because you know you have a really comfortable work environment for like three months a year here, and then you just drop poundage yeah. during the summer. I lose you're yeah. I'll lose about ten pounds <laughs> in the summer. It's an interesting dynamic to an industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's great. So now, how is it running just one location versus other three? So your dad. Right. Sold them off for retirement, Correct. and now you run this with your brother. How is it operating one versus multiple? Well, it's a lot easier. You know, you have a lot less employees. Um, you're not paying two rents. You're not paying uh, all these bills. You know, so it's easier to keep yourself calm. And you can't split yourself in two. You know, you have to be. If you're going to be in one place, um, and you know you're going to be there, you're going to concentrate on that one place. When you start getting to multiple locations, it becomes harder and harder to keep the quality up. You know, and and you can't divide yourself in two. So. That is, that is awesome that you say that because people hear that from me all the time and they're like, all right, Dave, we're tired of hearing that. The hard, To me, I, I watch this happen all the time. The hardest location to open is the second one because you can't split yourself. Right. You pour your blood, sweat, tears, money into that first location. You grow into this awesome business. Yep. When you open up the second one, right. it <clears> takes <throat> you away from that. So now you don't have the time to focus in on the first one again, mm -hmm. but also too – like now you're taking a lot of people take the profit from the first one mm -hmm. and dump it in the second one. Now you're not making any money. Correct. Right. Yeah, it so takes it just a while, bleeds right? both, and then both close, and they wonder why, and it just turns into a whole big thing, man. That's correct. Right. I mean, if you got two great locations, that's great. You know, but you know, it's it's hard to do. You know, especially uh, when you, like you said, you got to spend most of your time somewhere. Where are you going to spend it? And you guys, so the the cool part about the dry clean business is. You can look at it as one business, but you do have a kind of a secondary revenue stream in the route, right? right? A lot of dry cleaners do pick up, drop off service. You guys do that here for businesses, local community people, things like that, right? We have a bunch of things other than dry cleaning. Uh, well, we do tailoring as well. That's okay. another second stream of income that we do. We have a very good tailor here as well. And then also the route, like you said, you know, we... That's almost like its own store. The yeah. van, the van itself works as its own store. It's almost like a drop store in itself. Right. You know, you're picking up and bringing up clothes, and then we also do wholesale. So we actually do oh. cleaning for other dry cleaners. They actually come. The drop pick stores up. that we talked about. Yeah. So they'll have a drop store, and we'll since we're a plant, we're able to do their cleaning and, and drop it off there as well. So you have basically those four types of revenue streams coming in. Like That's said. nice. Yep. So you can diversify, and that way, you know, one starts lacking, you can beef up another one or try to beef up another one. Yeah, so it's like basically you're, you're getting paid for somebody to do somebody else's cleaning, but you're not paying rent some you know in your own drop store and yeah. somewhere else you know so but but also too the flip side of that is you might be doing your competitors clothes like somebody might be going there instead of you right but we don't you know we try to we do that for stores that aren't in that we feel compete with us in our area yeah you know what i mean so yeah. we don't mind driving an extra distance just to keep things over there yeah you know? i've watched um i've watched wholesale business actually like put some dry cleaners out of business because they don't know how to properly manage it. They don't understand how to well, price correct. it, you know. And then like also that. also the, the staff, the you know, people tend to um, like the people that they're dealing with. So if you, even though you're, you're, if you're going to the plant, but you don't like the person in the front and you like the person who's at the, at the wholesale, but, you know, you're going to go over there. Yeah. You know I mean? So that can happen. Well, so that's, that's um, you know, welcome, Matt, the, the business that I own. I deal in uh, 
I deal in people in businesses that require, you know, that want loyal customers versus just, you know, one-off things like that. You're in a high repetition type business. Correct. How do you, you, and you have a very good reputation, but how do you maintain your customer base? Like, what do you attribute to that type of success? Oh, just getting to know them. You know, most of these people you're going to see, your good customers you're going to see once a week. So you're going to know their names. You're going to know about their lives, their kids, you know, everything. I, you know, sometimes I tell my, my employees here, it's like I'm a bartender. You know, okay. people come and they just tell me what's going on with their day. You know, usually the first person they see in the morning because they'll come in the morning and drop off their clothes. Yeah. And they'll come at the end of the day and pick it up. So then you're the last person they see at night. So then they're going to tell you how their day went. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know. I'm going to tell you, I've never heard a dry cleaner make the analogy of being a bartender. Oh, man. But I like it. I like it. It works. Yeah. It I know a lot about most of the people in this neighborhood, maybe more than most, you know, yeah. just from dealing with them on a week to week basis. And, and it's a good thing. Yeah. And you do a good job. Like, um, I think I actually referenced you on a previous podcast about uh, dealing with customers. Because one thing about dry cleaners is, you know, you can actually mess up someone's clothes, but if you have that type of rapport, like you yeah. were a bartender for them, right. they'll come to you and say, hey, listen, you know, this wasn't right, and you'll take care of it, yeah. but they'll actually come to you and give you the opportunity to of fix course. it. Because they don't want to go anywhere else. Right. And they don't want to deal with anybody else, and they like dealing with you, and that's okay, because mistakes are going to happen, mm-hmm. and any business mistakes are going to happen, and it's just how you deal with those mistakes, you know? And at the end of the day, it's, it's close. You know, it's it's not like brain surgery or, you know, you're a doctor or, you know, or something happens or, you know, it's, it's you know, so those things can all be corrected. And as long as you treat the customer right and you and you take care of the issue, you know, you're not going to lose a customer. But that seems like common sense, right? Like you and I can sit here and talk about it, but I mean, that's a lot harder than it sounds, right? Like you've experienced some some tough situations, right? Yeah, of course. What, what was um, the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? What's something that when you first started this, that you had your grandfather started it and your dad did it, mm-hmm. but what was something kind of in the beginning that you were all gun ho about and really worried about mm-hmm. and were like, oh my gosh, this thing could you know make or break us. I really have to focus in on this. Right. And now, you know, many years later, you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have worried about that. Well, just when you're initially getting into any business, your, your, your nerves and, you know, and your expectations are high no matter what. Uh, my dad told me a long time ago, he said, there's not one customer that can make or break your business. And, he, and I still hold on to that saying, because there's always going to be the new guy who walks in next week or the day after. So you just got to keep, keep moving on, keep concentrating, keep doing, trying to do better. You know, don't, don't sweat the small stuff, you know what okay. I'm saying? And uh, so things are going to happen. When I was young and just got in this business, I, if, something, if I was doing the dry cleaning or the spotting and, and if I messed something up, I got really stressed out about it. You know, I thought it was like the end of my end of the business, you know, but you find out that it's just, you know, it's, the next guy is going to walk in the next day and it's just going to keep going, you know, it just never ends, you know, so you, you just kind of not have to stress those things too much. I got to tell you, I've known you for years now, mm-hmm. even before we were doing business, uh, you were my dry cleaner mm-hmm. and I would have never put you on stress. Like I would have never pictured you stressing out about anything. No, this, because now I know now it's, I've been doing this. I mean, I'm only uh, 38, but I've been doing this since I was in high school. So, you know, like, and that's when I, you know, when I first learned how to be a dry cleaner and actually do the clothes and do the spotting and you have the clothes in front of you and you're, you know, you don't want to mess this up because you don't want to lose this person as a customer, you know, that's when you feel the most stress. And then you learn how to do things. Some things you don't even want to touch, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you learn those things in this business and, uh, you know, that's it, you know, just really... That's pretty much the hardest thing in the beginning is that. You, know? you don't overreact to what's happening immediately because you know the long game. Yeah. It all works out in the wash. Correct. Well, like, you know, I guess the dry business, literally, right? Yeah, it yeah, all yeah, works yeah. out in the wash. Exactly. Um, so 
you know, what advice would you tell somebody if they were trying to get into business, and especially the dry cleaning business, what advice would you give them about starting up? Like, what's some things procedurally or tactical that they should be looking for that oh, an industry expert would tell them? That's funny. You know, my, and again, I have to go refer to my dad on this one. He used to tell them, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he would have somebody come in and, and, and offer him the store or money, or, and he'd say, you don't, want, you don't want to be in this business. You know? Yeah. But it's a lot of work. You know, and a lot of people think it's not, and they think they can come in and just, you know, all of a sudden take over, and everything's a breeze, and, and they fail. So he yeah. would warn them up front. You know, it's two ways. You're either born into it, yeah, or you're a hard worker, you know, from the, from the get-go. You know, it's in, your, it's in your blood. It's in your DNA. So yeah. if you're not one of those things, then you don't want to get into this business. There's a lot of other opportunities. Yeah. So what's the hardest part about this business? For, for you. Um, well, I What's think the any, hardest part? Any business, it's, you know, obviously the employees, you know, you got to manage all that. Oh, there we situ- go. This is a common theme in all it the podcast is. employees. It is. It's it's something that's, you know, in the morning when I come to work every day, there's two things I'm hoping for is that everybody shows up and all the equipment's working. So that's why I'm, I'm here in the morning, first thing in the morning, because I know that in the first 20 minutes of being here, I'm going to know how the day is going to go. Okay? So if an employee's missing, I'm in trouble. So what have you done to work on your mental game? Like what? Have you, because I'm telling you, like if you walk in and something's broke down and an employee doesn't show up, that could shoot your whole day. Well, correct. Um, and that's why I'm a bit of I'm a little bit of everything. I'm a little bit of a mechanic myself. I'm a little bit of a of a chemist when it comes to the chemicals and things that I deal with here. A little bit of an engineer, you know. So I, I kind of train myself by watching mechanics come here and fixing. So I'm handy with that kind of stuff. In this kind of business, you have to be. At any given time, something can go wrong, and you know you don't have time for a mechanic to come, wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, then look at your phone call, then get here by one o'clock in the afternoon. You got to fix it yourself right away. But you weren't like you didn't have that capability in the beginning. No, no, no. I learned, and I learned from the dry cleaner before that was doing the stuff before me. And yeah. Then, you know, you know. That's my dad. The first thing he did when I got in this business, my dad said, "You follow this guy around, and you, you pay attention to what he does." It's almost like you're describing it like an art form. Right. Right. That this is this has talent. This takes art. This takes, you know, this is a craft. This is not just a regular business that you can open up and just kind of wing it. This no. is this takes, you know, I mean, no, this if you're takes gonna a lot run, of time. Yeah, if you're going to run a full plant, there's yeah. a lot of things that go with it. Now, a drop store, that's different. But when you're actually going to be a plant operator, owner, manager, and you're going to be here in the store all the time, you know, it is kind of like an art. You know, you learn a lot of different things, um, and you got to be those things, you know, in order to get it done. So. Yeah. Yep. But so a lot of people talk about dry cleaning and they talk about the industry dying. So I've never heard that before. Where, that's news to me. Really? Yeah, where have you heard that? I mean, a lot of people talk about people aren't getting dry cleaning. That's not like, true. People aren't. Okay, well, tell me, all, prove me wrong, brother. Well, prove I mean, me wrong. Like I said, we've been getting busier here. I mean, this it's you know it's location. It's just location. You're you're one of my best customers, mm-hmm. and I know you have a good business. Mm-hmm. I can tell you off the top of my head. Five dry cleaners that have closed because they couldn't make it. Yeah, but because the dry cleaning wasn't there. Like it, either that was a bad location. I'm not kidding. I just had another one. You know? It's got to be that. I mean, it's uh, you know when you're building a plant and the dry cleaning, you know, you want a couple things around you. You want to be in an, an affluent area. Mm-hmm. You know where where there's a lot of people uh, living there in that area, uh, high income area. And you want to also be in an area where they're working as well. So not just living, but also working. Because a lot of times, people that come in my store, they don't even live in this area, but they work in this area. So they may live out in Plantation or Coral Springs, which is 34, you know, and they're not going to the dry cleaner right by their house. Area, you know. 
so what would you say with all the new technology, the Ubers of the world, right? I thought there's, about that, yeah. There's people doing it. There's, there's. I'm not kidding. Yeah. In the Northeast, there's people that are just putting together are programs. Are they using Uber to do their no, deliveries or something? No, they're actually putting together a program like Uber for the dry cleaning business. Do you worry that you know people will actually stop coming to a storefront dry cleaner and just start to Uber it as on demand? No. And the reason why is a lot of people, um, they want that interaction because huh. they, they want to explain certain things about their clothes or they want to, you know, there's people that, yeah, they don't care. They'll just put it in a bag, you pick it up, whatever. Yeah. You got those people. But then you got some people that they want to actually point out the stain or they want to, you know, point out something about their, or an alteration or something. So they're going to come in. You know, they want to come in. And they, and then a lot of times things can, in transport, in trans, and when transporting clothes, they can get kind of messed up. Like if you're putting in a big delivery truck or a big Uber or an Uber driver, say for instance, he just takes the clothes and puts them in his car. Yeah. And he drops them off at your house. They can get messed up. You know, people take the time to actually put them nicely in their cars, uh -huh. so they don't get all wrinkled up. I can see that being a problem with something like Uber, where the Uber driver just comes up, picks up all your clothes, is going to drop it off at your house, and he doesn't care. He throws it in his back seat or puts it in the trunk. Yeah. And by the time you get it home, it's all disheveled and messed up. So. so, man, you talked about how you're like the bartender. Yeah. I also see you like a salon stylist. So people are really trusting you with the way they look, mm -hmm. right? Because if you mess up my clothes, I don't look as good. If you don't press my clothes, I don't look as good. Right. So, you, so with a like a hairstylist, uh -huh. they are controlling the way I look, the way we get our hair cut. You know, oh, you yeah. and I go to barbers, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but and they they cut your hair, and I trust them. I go listen. I tell my barber, hey man, just tell me what I need right. to do. I got a you know a chrome dome going in the back here. Where I got a little moon roof, yeah, yeah. so he makes sure that gets covered up. Things like that. You're saying that's kind of the same thing here in the dry clean business. Well, that's funny. People want to trust you yeah. with that. Well, that's funny because I hear that all the time, that, that comparison. The yeah. reason being is because the hardest things to find are those two, you know, the dry cleaner and the, and the, and the bar. And once you find one, you don't want to have to go anywhere else, you know. So you get a lot of that analogy. So you, re you recognize in this industry that people are creatures of habit. And if you can win them, Yes. They will stick hardcore oh, yeah. more than other industries. Well, okay, now give me an example. We've had three locations in the, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, our first location was, I mean, with traffic and everything, it can take you 35, 40 minutes just to get to that spot, you know, yeah. on the beach. And we still have customers that come from all the way over there, even though we've sold those stores to our last location here, because... They just like us, you know, and they don't want to go anywhere else. They don't want to try anybody else, and they trust us, so they're willing to drive. Yeah. All the way. And I still have some of our original customers from 1991 who don't live anywhere near where we are anymore that yeah. come here. Wow. Yeah, all right, great. so what peeves you to, like, what's something that just peeves you about this industry or the customer or something like that? I want to know, like, what still gets under your skin a little bit? Still or, like, new things that get under my skin? Either one. <sighs> You know, sometimes the, the younger clientele that comes in, they expect they expect something that's not realistic. You know, give me an example. Well, they want their stuff done in half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, it doesn't exist. You know, you have to have time to clean the clothes. You have to have time to press the clothes. You have, you know, they don't understand the whole process behind it. So you have to educate them right away. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they can get frustrated by that because they don't want to hear that. You know, but if you have to let them know right away, so you don't have to deal with it later on again. So you tell them, listen, this is the way it's done. This is the way we do things. You know, it's up to you if you want to come in here, but I can't, I'm not going to just cater to you because you have an idea of what to expect, you know? Yeah. So you got to let it, you got to almost train your customers to the way you do things, not the way they expect things to be done. All right. So that gets us into, you know, 
desperation mentality because a lot of people in business, and I see it all the time in business owners, they will get desperate for customers and they'll push their limits and not be able to match expectations. Correct. Right. So how do you how how do you mentally go? Okay, man, I might have to turn away this customer. And it might mean a lot of money to turn them away, but it'll actually save me time for better customers later. Well, that's the thing. If, if the expectation is unrealistic, they're not going to be happy with it no matter what. So when they come to either pick it up or whatever your business is, if it's not the way they thought it was going to be, and you over, you know, told them what it was going to, how it was going to be, and it, you didn't perform that expectation, you're going to lose them anyways. Yeah. So you might as well let them know up front this is the way things are done, and that way they're not disappointed. You know, and every, and, you know, that's it. Because if you start you know, over, you know, promising them certain things and you can't, you can't get there all the time, you know, they're going to come in the next week and want the same exact thing again. So you're going to keep stressing yourself out every week because you didn't educate him in the beginning and then how the way things are going to be done. As long as the product is good at the end, they'll be back. Yeah. You know, they'll be back. So you just have to let them know. And I tell them all the time, I've told you this already. We can't get it done that fast. And, they come, and they'll still ask. And they'll still come in after 9 o'clock. Well, they'll, they'll continue to push time. the limit, right? They, they want, yeah, they want to push still, a little bit. And, you say, you know, and I tell them, I said, I just saw you last week and I told you we couldn't do that. Or I did you a favor last week. I told you that was a favor. Mm-hmm. Don't keep asking me for favors. You know, like that That was yeah. a favor. Yeah. You know? Oh, you know, whatever. You know. So eventually you'll get, one of, you'll get those every so often. But eventually the people understand. And then they start to... You know, they'll, they'll know not to ask for that anymore. So that's kind of a new phenomenon happening to you here, right? No, it's been going on. But, I mean, it's, it happens more and more as the, you know, when the younger guys, younger people who are moving in, because we're getting a lot of younger people moving yeah, into this yeah. area. Yeah, we're, we're getting a lot so, of millennial generation. What I've noticed is right off the bat, you just have to tell them the way it is. Yeah. And they'll get it. And they'll let them make a choice. Let them make a choice. Let them make a choice. And it's, it's the same everywhere. It's every dry cleaners is the same. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where they go. They're not going to get something in half an hour. So yeah, I know no. they'll be back. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, because you know that it's a not, you know that the expectation just yeah. can't happen anyway. It just can't happen. All right. So you continue to grow your business every year, right? Yeah. You're constantly growing. Yeah. You had to expand. Correct. Okay. There you you did like three feet of renovations. Yeah, we didn't do enough. And you didn't do three feet, but it still increased that, that well, it was, simple it was, move. Well, it was 300 square feet. 300 square feet. But okay. yeah, we, got, we got like six feet wider, but the whole yeah. length of the store. And people people might go, six, 300 square, square feet, feet of yeah. space. What the heck could that actually well, do? It, but that was a strategic move on your back. It was. No, yeah, I can't imagine things the way they are now without that extra footage. And we should have, in retrospect, should have taken more. Uh-huh. But at the time, we didn't need more. So it's hard to say, well, I want it. It's hard to justify paying more when you don't need more. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're thinking into the future, but you're not thinking that far into the future. Because you know? your projections, your projections. So now you have tenants on each side, so there's really only one thing you can do, which yeah. is raise price. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so now you have to raise your price and reduce your volume in order to keep quality up and still make more money. And still keep increasing. And still keep, instead of increasing volume, because you can keep increasing volume, you're just going to work yourself to death. Yeah. You know, the point is work, don't work as hard, make mm-hmm. as much, make more money, you know. Well, yeah, but there's models in your industry like one price dry cleaners that are straight volume type deals. Yeah, and they're 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 not doing the right thing because that those are the ones that are just going to work themselves into misery, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you, you got to find those people that want to pay more mm-hmm. and just have you spend more attention, more pay more attention to their clothing and are willing to spend the money than just people who just want to bring in pounds and kind of pay two dollars or a dollar or whatever it is. Because then you're working, you're just working and working and working, and you're not making any money anyway. So. So what's the next evolution of Jade Ocean Dry Cleaner? What are you looking to do in the future? What are some things that you're trying to do to keep evolving? Yeah. 
this business. Okay, so we got the new computer system coming in next week. So a point of sale system. Point of sale system. Which we, one are you using? Oh, the one we're using now. We've been using the same one yeah. since 1991. It's like a DOS. It's system. a DOS. System. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're finally getting into the, uh, you know, the instant text messaging when your clothes are done. Yeah. Um, you know, emails. You can be able to do that from our own system. You Sweet. know, it's gonna have Microsoft. You know. Yep. And uh, and we're gonna be able to um, also the the way that it, it makes just the everyday things easier instead of like it, it, it can group. Like for instance, we have a route, and my brother has to individually pull out names every single day to get those see where those clothes are this can do it all in one shot you know where it pulls up all your customers at once it tells you all the routes and so it, it's definitely making going to make life easier for us so, so what you're doing now is the evolution is you're just continuing to you're, you're doubling down on the customer experience correct because all that investment sounds like it'll make the customer experience better oh, yeah. and allow us to use our knowledge oh yeah and also you know make make it easier make it more have customer more customer involvement in what's going on in your business you know they're going to get text messages from us saying hey your clothes are ready when if we didn't see them for three months we'd have to call them up and say hey you know we haven't seen you in three months can you come pick up your stuff they're going to get to and you could just send them a text you know right away so that's that makes it easier you think your kids are going to take over the business from you oh you guys... man i hope not you hope not no i want them to be like uh you know lawyers and doctors I think you're you're a great role model, man. You run a great business. Like, yeah, this is good. I don't know, man. The kids nowadays, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. And that could be my fault. And it could be my wife's fault, you know. But I just don't see it. No. No. So this is gonna be you for as long as you go, and then yeah, unload it. Unload it, and then so let the next generation move to North Carolina. Do. Yeah. That's your favorite spot. You love skiing. <laughs> yeah. You love skiing. I want to tell you, man, I really appreciate the time here. Like yeah. That was a lot of good stuff. Anything else you want to tell out there to the small business owners or ask of me, things that you might be on your mind that you think you might be able to help with? Just um, We've sold stores in the past, and, and, and we've had people come and buy them. And then have to sell them, mm -hmm. you know, because they just weren't ready to work. You know, people need to understand that it's a lot of work, and you got to be a lot of different things. You know, and you got to decide whether you're going to be a, an operator or you're just going to be a distant owner mm -hmm. and have somebody operate it for you. You know, but make that choice. You know, and then you know, follow it through. But um, it's understand the capital expenses too. Like they're much different. If you're going to have, if you're going to be an absentee owner, mm -hmm. you got to be ready to outlay some serious cash. Yes, correct. So you know, that's basically it. And, you know. And just do your research before you, you know, get into this business. If you're looking to get into dry cleaning, you know, spend a little time inside of a store first. You know, yeah. maybe you go to a dry cleaner and, and you talk to him and you say, hey, "Can I just see how things? I'm interested in getting this business." Mm -hmm. So get get a little bit of knowledge first. You know, that's basically it. Nice man. Yep. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if you're listening to this, come by and check out Michael at uh, Jade Ocean Dry Cleaner here at the Victoria Park Shops. Running an awesome spot. If you want to look good. This is your guy. He makes me look good, and that's next to impossible. So I thank you for your time, Michael. Good. Thank Later, you. Later, brother. Yeah.